Hello, everyone. Welcome to JCB Art Studio, season five. Season five. Yeah, that's that's that that still makes me feel pretty damn good. My name is Joanna, and I am the author of The Unraveling and Dealer's Child. I got to share a story that made me feel really good yesterday too. Um, I got to try to, I'm going to see if I can try to work this into a book. My guest, she knows, she knows every experience is something you try to work into a book. So it started off very innocently. I opened the front door to go check the mail and there was a large, he was a cross between a, I think it's a Mastiff, St. Bernard, and a German, German Shepherd. This was a big boy, okay? And he's dragging his leash. And I thought, oh, no, oh, no. And I could see no human running after this poor little guy. This not little guy, big guy. So I got his leash, checked. He had a dog license, walked around. Actually, he walked me around the neighborhood. <laughs> I'd say a big boy trying to find his owner. Um, I called animal control just because I thought I want if I want him somewhere safe. I spoke with them and they said, okay, we'll send a person out. Um, if the owner comes, just call us back, right? And so told the neighbors, walking around with, with this big boy. And then a car came, it like came into our neighborhood, stopped, and then it saw us and came down the road. And as soon as the owner opened the door, this dog chased, like ran straight at it. It was great and um, jumped in the back seat. And that was Ollie. So Ollie got reunited with his owner. I'm so happy. The owner had said he had taken Ollie to the beach. Ollie saw a rabbit and Ollie went after the rabbit. So uh, yeah, that made me feel pretty damn good. So today I have... Jennifer Ann Gordon with me. She is an award-winning author and the popular host of Vox Vomitus, which means word vomit, which I think is really cool. <laughs> Her novel, Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, won the Kindle Award for Best Horror Suspense for 2020, Best Horror 2020 from Authors on the Air, and a an finalist for American Book Fest Best Book Award Horror 2020. Wow, that's been quite the year, Jennifer. It also received the Platinum Five-Star Review from Reader's Choice, as well as the Gold Seal from Book View. Her latest novel, Pretty Ugly, won the Helicon Award for Best Horror for 2022, as well as the Gold Medal from Literary Titan. Jennifer is a member of Mystery Writers of America, the Horror Writers Association, where she served on the jury for the Stoker Award, and is a A&E chair of the New England Crime Bait Committee. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance if I am laggy or I cut out at all. We have been walloped with a ton of snow um for like over 24 hours and it's heavy wet snow so all of our trees are like precariously leaning against wires so oh 
So if I'm a little laggy, I apologize. No problem. No problem. Now, I like writing thrillers. It's the adventure. It's the thrill. And I was wondering, what was it about horror novels that made you want to write? Like, why why this genre? You know, I've always been a horror fan, like as long as I can remember. Um, I was, I think, about 10 years old and my uncle was living with us at the time. And he had a copy of the book Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. And it was like that old 1980s mass market cover. So it just had a big cat on it. And I didn't know it was a horror novel. I didn't know anything about it uh, other than it had a cat on it. And <laughs> so I lifted it out of his room and I quickly realized my parents would be very mad if they knew I was reading this book. So I would hide behind my dollhouse and like <laughs> secretly read it. And Pet Cemetery is such an amazing novel of Stephen King's because not only is it horror, but it is at its core a story about grief. Um, and I think that cemented it for me. Like I just, uh, not only a love of horror, but like just a, a love of also telling like grief stories and stories yeah. about trauma and using horror tropes and horror symbolism as a way to get to those like those hard stories to tell about loss and fear and hope and, you know and that's what i'm slowly learning with this genre because i've i've never i've i've read a few stephen king novels and they were excellent i i of course i can't remember the titles of them right now right so your characters they're complicated they're well-rounded, and I feel sad for them, okay? Simon, that little boy, geez. <laughs> I mean, he tugs on my heartstrings. So do you – now think of your answer. Like my question was, do you think horror novels have evolved? What do you think? Or is it – like I say, it's an ed, it's been an education for me just because I've, I've – I, like I said, I've read a few. So have you seen a difference in horror novels? or You know, um, people are saying right now that horror is having a moment. Um, it's exploding. It's everywhere. And, you know, I think the genre is so huge because it can be almost anything. It can be a slasher. It can yeah. be a ghost story. It can be something that's just more gothic. Um, you know, it could it could be a monster novel. And, yeah. you know, my favorite ones are the ones that kind of blend all of these things together. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, lean more towards like quieter psychological fiction. But yeah, I read a lot of horror. And I, I think it's getting more accepted. Okay. Yeah. As yeah. like a legitimate form of art. I think okay. for many years, people just thought of Stephen King and Dean Koontz and in a little section in the back of the store where like only the weirdos went. But now, um, you know, there's huge movies being made. There's a lot of like horror novels ending up on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where my not being informed comes in because I think of 
like the slasher novels. That's what I think of. And I'm reading yours. And like I said, these characters, I'm just, just like, God. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> well, I'm, thank you for reading. Um, yeah. I appreciate it. And I know a lot of people will say to me, they're like, oh, I don't like horror. I don't like to be scared. I don't like this. I don't like that. And I'm like, well, it doesn't always have to be scary to have it be horror. Um, Wuthering Heights is a horror novel. Jane Eyre is a horror novel. You know, there's these things that, you know, people kind of overlook. Yeah. Okay. So then what's your view on Anne Rice's interview with a vampire? Would that be horror or or yeah you know it it is it is a horror novel it's in the horror section of stores but again that is a a story about it's a love story yeah really and it's a story about complicated messy friendship and and you know what better way to explore the pain of humanity than through a monster that has no choice but to survive on humans and they'll never die. Like what is, you know, it's just like, it's such an incredible um, thing to explore. But I think again, people will go, Oh, it's a vampire. So it's going to be scary. Yeah. No, there's, yeah. Okay. And see, because what I'm finding is you do this and it made me think that it doesn't, it doesn't matter the genre, a good writer will make another human feel something. And, and you definitely did that with this book. Okay, with Pretty Ugly. So, okay, I'm, I've jumped around with the questions. Let's get the standard question out of the way. And can you tell us, tell the read listeners what Pretty Ugly is about? Like, give us a, a quick, a, you know. Oh, okay, so Pretty yeah. Ugly is the story of an Instagram influencer and a failed politician and their quest to find meaning in their lives during the end of the world. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the end of the world happens uh, because there is a virus that affects people's faces predominantly. So it's kind of a mixture between something like a leprosy and um, meningitis. So it may not always kill you, but it will leave you very scarred. And it's, you know, a story of two people who have always survived literally just on face value because they were too scared to allow themselves the feelings that they've had since childhood. They both have um, unexpressed grief over a loss of a family member. And so, yeah, it's a story about these two people and how they eventually find each other. And it's not really a love story, but it's not not a love story. (laughs) Okay, great, great. Okay, well, if you don't mind, I'd like to read a little paragraph from your novel just to demonstrate these characters. Um, And after, if we can talk about it a bit. Okay, so... It's Omelia. Am I saying that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Omelia didn't have anyone to hold a cool cloth to her neck now. She was alone. It was her own fault. She knew that. 
She didn't have to be alone. She chose it. She had always chosen it. There had been people that she had become friendly with over the years, but she had no real friends. God, that's good. She's good. She hooked up a lot with girls and some guys she met, but she had never let them in her apartment and she never spent a whole night with anyone. It was just how she had always been. She had never been able to fall asleep being near someone. She blamed the group homes for that. Too many bodies, too many smells, too many beds in a room with too little love to go around. Amelia knew she had a fever. Boom. That is a great passage. Talk to me about that. Oh, Oh, you know, uh, (laughs) Amelia as a character, um, she's obviously, we allude to her being in the foster system and being in group homes. She lost her father uh, at a very young age to suicide. And And so she bounced around a lot from there. So at her, at her core, she is someone who blames herself for her father's death. And she feels incapable of being loved. So she doesn't even try, you know, and, and I think that's something that so many of us can relate to is that feeling that we are not deserving of fill in the blank. I am not yeah. deserving of love. I am not deserving of a good night's sleep. I am not deserving of this writing award. I am not deserving yeah. of being a host of a podcast. I'm not yeah. deserving of like, and then it spirals. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, you know, it. so for people who think, oh, I'm not going to read this because it's horror. Oh, <gasps> that paragraph that's more you know what I mean like it yeah okay so I was curious and here's another thing so I'm going just gonna say it I'm reading your book and I start and I get a mark on my face and I'm like oh. <laughs> you know? yeah yeah <laughs> okay probably too much information for the listeners but that's okay <laughs> so well you know it's it's the the idea of that virus and the marks on the face that become horrifying sores yeah. that very much was taken from my teenage years. Oh. I had very terrible like cystic acne and I would get cellulitis on my face. And there were times that I was just like so mortified yeah. at how I looked. Yeah. And true horror story. Right there. Yeah. 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 No, I, I understand. I understand. So what was your first what if when it came to writing Pretty Ugly? Because I, I I don't want to say inspiration, but, you know, like I said, I was saying earlier, you know, I walk out just to go check the mail and I find myself, you know, an hour and a half later trying to reconnect this dog with his owner. I came in the house and I thought, OK, what was I doing? Oh, right. I was checking the mail. So what I'm always wondering, what were the experiences or what? made the connection for you to want to write this type of a story? Like, was it an IG post? I've written here a sunburn in Maui. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, weirdly, and this was, you know, pre-COVID, so nobody was wearing masks. And uh, my husband and I went to a store and we saw somebody at the store 
uh, who we'd seen before because she worked there, uh, and she had cellulitis on her face. Yeah. And it immediately reminded me of when I would get it on my face. Yeah. And, you know, we left the store and my husband was like, I feel so bad for her. I'm like, yeah, because it also, it's very physically painful. And again, pre-COVID, yeah. we both had this conversation about, uh, it would be weird if she was wearing a mask, right? Like maybe she would want to. And somehow it just like that thought got into my head. Yeah. Oh, because my husband said, is it contagious? Like, because he had never heard of cellulitis. and. Yeah. And then I thought, what if it was contagious? Like what happened to this very beautiful young woman? Yeah. What if that could happen to everybody? What if it killed them? What if it didn't kill them? And so that, that stuck in my head. And I somehow, I know you probably haven't gotten to the end of the book. And I had this vision of the end of the book okay. of these two characters who I didn't know being in a situation and this isn't a huge spoiler, but that characters do end up for some reason in Northern Italy on a train together. And that is also sort of based on my husband and I getting lost in Italy and missing all of our trains and oh, no. it being a Sunday and, and nobody speaking English and us being like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and like looking at the faded schedules going, I don't know. Yeah. Why are none of the trains marked? Why are you know, like the second we got out of like Venice yeah. and into just like Northern Italy, yeah. it was, you know, an experience. So I yeah. somehow wanted to, like you and the dog. Yeah. I was like, this has got to go in a book someday. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that's always cool. Okay. So has this novel, and I'm asking this because I am like three quarters of the way through some rewrites now after receiving my book back from the editor. Has this novel changed from your first draft? And how oh, so if gosh. it has? Um yeah, it definitely has. When I, I like when I thought of the idea, I originally like, yeah, I thought about the virus and people dying and people in, in Italy. And I kept joking to my friends. I was like, I'm writing a rom-com about the end of the world. And then as I was writing it, I'm like, oh, this isn't funny. Oh, this is a story about grief. Oh, no. Like, (laughs) so I'll say, yeah. And then I'm such a pantser that sometimes things happen. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't know there was going to be a ghost in this. There she is. Uh, so, uh, I, I always think of the first draft, my vomit draft, my word yeah. vomit draft, as me just trying to tell the story to myself and figuring yeah. out what it is. Yeah. And then it's like drafts two through, you know, way too many, where it becomes a book. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. Um, now, please correct me. The place Amelia lives you write that there's sand and the bottom floors. Yes. What? I've never heard. Okay. I live on an Island. <laughs> okay. So it, it doesn't sound as remote as, as, as I've just said it. So I've been to Seattle, California, Disneyland. I, I've been, you know, the Oregon coast. If you go to Seattle and you go North, you hit Vancouver. 
you take an hour and a half ferry ride and you end, end up on Vancouver Island where I live. I've been there. Yes. I can't remember. Um, is it Victoria? Yes. Okay. I was just like, it was, I did a trip to Alaska and we started in Seattle and went to Alaska on a, a cruise. And one of the stops was Vancouver Island. Yeah. Yeah. I used to live in Victoria. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. I, we had high tea at the yeah. Empress Hotel yeah. and we felt so underdressed and so not fancy enough to be drinking, uh, you know, $200 tea it was like <laughs> with like the little sandwiches, but somebody was <laughs> like, if you go to Victoria, you have to go to the Empress Hotel. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And my husband and I just laughed because we were like, we don't even like tea. Why yeah. are we here? Yeah. 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 You, yeah. But okay. Okay. So, so yeah. So yeah. These mill buildings. Um, I grew up in a town called Manchester, New Hampshire, and that is where Amelia lives. And it's an old mill town. And before and during when they were renovating all the mills and turning them into like fancy condos and like tech places, um, one of the old meatpacking mills or whatever it was, yeah. meat I don't, I don't even know, um, had anth live anthrax wow. because of the cows or something. I don't really know. Yeah. But they filled the first few floors with sand because anthrax will live forever. Wow. So like like in the basement, it's like like literally they're just like jam-packed with sand. And yeah. And then, like above it, was like fancy apartments. <laughs> it's like, wow, really? Yeah. Okay, I'm glad I asked that question because yeah, it's such like a weird little detail. Yeah, but that's cool, right? Because yeah. it, I mean, it, it, yeah, you like weird stuff. I do. Like, you're a thriller writer. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, I was reading when I was reading chapter two. It, it's. I got to say that it's part of the experience. So it's involving Simon and Sam. Sam's the, the politician. Sam's politician, yeah. Right. And Simon, this little boy, God. And uh, it's pizza day at school. And it was such a neat scene, you know, because the little boy, you know, he's not feeling well. And it's pizza day. And... Um, I was reading it around dinner. I think there's a hockey game on and I, and you know, partner, he's watching the hockey game. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what's going on with the Canucks. I don't care about the politics involving the Canucks. Right. And I'm reading and I'm eating pizza. And I was kind of glad I finished my pizza before I got to the yeah, end of chapter two. <laughs> right? I remember when my husband read it, he was just like, Oh, you're ruining pizza for me. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So there is another little passage. It's three sentences I'd, I'd like to read. And it's just, it's like I say, this is classified as horror, but the insight into this. Okay. So the room began to fail. So, okay. I guess Sam's gone to a school, right? Cause it's, it's like part of his political, I don't want to say yeah. pitch, but, but yes. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the room began to fill. Each desk housed a little hormonal freak child, the kind that was both too poor and too smart ever to have an easy life, the kind of kid that had to work hard, the kind of kid that cared, 
not like Sam. Hell, not even like Eagle. As a boy, Sam never cared. He didn't have to. And I just thought, wow, wow. So you want to talk to me about that? Yeah, like, you know, again, this shows, shows, right? Shows what we're, we're preached to us. Show so much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I grew up a, a very poor kid in a really rich town. So, uh, yeah, I just, I saw Sam seems like he has the perfect life. Yeah. He basically comes from a family that's very similar to the Kennedys, except they're Italian with like a little, maybe some mob <laughs> mentality yeah. there. Um, and, you know, he's always had a driver. He's always had everything that he could possibly have, except his parents don't love him. Yeah. You know, <laughs> And he had a twin sister who did love him. And she passed away. So there's a lot of, he kind of connects with Simon in a way that is reminiscent of what he couldn't do for his sister because they were kids. See, and I connected with Simon because I was never the popular kid in school. Okay. Like I, I got early acne and it's like, you know, I think the worst thing, God, I'm revealing far too much about myself here, but you know, as a, as a 12 year old, you know, starting your body, starting to change that has gotten more defiant. Yes. Right. I feel like you would probably really enjoy, there's a lot of like uh, coming of age horror novels about, and, you know, I think it's just like so symbolic of like what we go through when, between 12 and 16, yeah. where it's like before you get pretty, like, and it's just like all of a sudden you have boobs and yeah. your face is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I remember once, and I'm not, I don't take offense to this because I know my mother's heart was in such the right place. I think I remember one day I said to her, like, I was just so upset, like, just what is going on? You know, it's all going on here. And she had said to me one day, and she meant it in the most kindest way. And she said, look, think of the fairy tales. Even the ugly duckling turns into a beautiful swan. And I just thought, you're saying I'm an ugly duck. (laughs) It's just like, but she meant it in such... She meant it in such a positive way. Okay. So yeah, and I no, I did take very sweet, but of course it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a duck. Great. I'm a duck. Thank <laughs> you, mom. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is like, why we have to become writers because we're like all messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now the thing I find is you really weave in the five sense senses. And I think how you use the sense of smell is is such a great way to, you know, get a react. Well, it got a reaction from me. And it, like, especially with the gross stuff, do you think like the sense of smell is like the, the sense that makes you go? <laughs> you know, I, I, for me, it does for sure. And I think um, like my 
dad died a long time ago, but he was really sick for a very long time. And he was in our house. Yeah. Very sick. And there's just that, like, it's so visceral. Like when you walk into someone's home and you can like smell the sickness. So I think, and it, and it always like scared me. Like when I would come home, like, so yeah, I guess, yeah. For me, that is my, my strongest sense of visceral reaction is smell. Okay. Okay. Now you are a creative. I like illustrating motorcycles. I use markers. I love baking and I won't cook you a dinner, but I'll bake you a tiramisu or I'll bake you a a Ruffalo cake around Christmas. Now you're a photographer, an artist. Um, You grew up to become an actress you know, like you trained, like you studied yeah, that's, that. Yeah, that's what I went to school for. Yeah. Um, it mentioned your website is really cool. I, I will get it. And so people can check it out. Magician's assistant, dancer. Is there a creative avenue that you kind of keep to yourself for like for your own relaxation? Um, I mean, my photography, I think, is definitely for my own relaxation. Like, I'll put it out there, but I don't sell it. I don't market it. It's just something I love to do. And uh, my husband and I, we haven't done it in a while because we've just been too busy, but we would co-paint mixed media pieces like this blue thing behind me. You can't really tell what it is, but we would would paint together and it's mixed media so it's lots of like old book pages that you're like carved out so they look like um like old wallpaper and abandoned buildings so it's it's got that bit of a dark oh yeah yeah (laughs) okay okay now you're I know my art has helped me with my characters so looking at your creativity like outside of your writing have you you know, has, let's say, as you are painting or creating a a collage, has it inspired writing or inspired characters or has it, has it worked to help the writing? Um, It definitely has. Um, I mean, the, the thing that I'm working on right now actually is uh, about a woman who's learning how to ballroom dance and she's suspected of murdering her husband. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I think a lot of my characters are, you know, versions of me. All of our characters are versions of ourselves. So there's always a lot of me in in every every character. So yeah. And I know um, my book, Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, a lot of that book is written in free verse poetry from the point of view of a ghost. And a lot of and those were poems that I'd written about this ghost um, many years before I even started this novel. Oh, wow. And a lot of my collages um, had lines from those poems as titles. Cool. Well, okay. Now I want to talk about those collages because they are beautiful. Um, there are 28 on your website. I was counting them. <laughs> and I, as I was looking at them, I thought I could think of 28 different stories. And so now you have your book, Victoriana, which yeah. features your art. So can you tell us about that? 
Yeah. So Victoriana came out a few years ago and it is um, about 80 or so of my collages collected in a nice little hardcover. Got it back there. Uh, and yeah, you know, I, for a very long time, I made my living selling these collages and these prints and I still miss them. Like, yeah. and I really just was like, I wanted them all together and just, and sometimes I'll even just like flip through it. I'm like, I can't believe I did this. <laughs> Neat. Neat. Cool. Okay. And now anyone could buy those? Like they're on, could, would you, could they buy them on your website or Amazon? Um, the or? collages or the book? The, the book, book is available on Amazon. If people fell in love with one of the pieces in the book and wanted to get a print of it, they could just reach out to me through my website, my email address and Okay. I can make it happen. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay. Now, I was a judge in the 2021 Crown Writers of Canada Award of Excellence. It was the nonfiction category. And that was an eye-opening experience. Like it just, I would do it again. And it just made me really appreciate the craft of writing. And uh just seeing all the people's works and what I gravitated to and what my, the other, uh, the other judges gravitated to. So I was wondering what your experience was was like when you served on the jury for the Stoker Awards. So um, I was very lucky. I got to be part of the jury for the graphic novel. So, and I used to own a comic book store. I'm a huge comic book fan. and. It, it was eye-opening for me because I hadn't read so many different types of horror graphic novels. And again, it was just like, it was everything from monsters to the Joker and Harley Quinn to really quiet, moody things just about a house being slightly not right. Yeah. And yeah, and it was just, it was so exciting to see so many different types of books, like different types of stories being told. And I just, and I loved it. It was, you know, tiring because you have to read yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I host a podcast as well. So I read, yeah. you know, a every, lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> because, a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. you're like, people are like, you're, what, what are you reading? Like again? And I'm like, yeah. oh, I have to read so much. Um, not complaining. Yeah, that yeah. Good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I, I just, gosh, that would, you know, I wish, I hope that would be so cool. I'm thinking graphic novels, to have a graphic novel category in the Crime Writers of Canada. That just, the, the artist in me thinks that would be so it would be cool. And the same with you. I could just... Like, how would you even judge something like that? That I know. I will right? say it was really hard because obviously I wasn't like, I was on a jury where there was, yeah. you know, a large group of us. And, and all we had to do was like rank them. Yeah. And what I found was it was really easy for me to say, these three were my personal favorites. Yeah. These three, I definitely didn't like, but like ranking 30 books from oh. like worst to best. So it's like, and then everybody's results get like compiled. And it was, it, we were pretty unanimous with like, 
almost everybody's top three was the same. Yeah. Okay. But, but yeah, it was just, it was hard and art is subjective. So, you know, and as you know, like if you're judging something or you're on a jury for something, it's not about your personal taste necessarily. It is about what is, and this is what I was trying to think of it as like, what is the best representation for our community right now? What is a story that hasn't been told before? Yeah. What is the story that needs to be told? And by who? Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So what's, what's next for you? Like, what are you working on now? And yeah. So um, I do have a book out on submission with my agent. I can't really talk too much about that. Um, as you know, like the whole process is like shrouded in secrecy and, and checking your email a thousand times a day. Going, <laughs> yeah. um, Why haven't and, I heard anything? Right? I know. Yeah, I heard anything. <laughs> yeah. Or like, especially when you hear something and then you're like, oh, <gasps> and then that- you're like, oh, 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 why haven't I heard anything since? Like yeah. that's, <laughs> yeah. so it's just like, so that's happening kind of like on the back burner. I may have again I can't really talk about it because I haven't signed the contract I may have a small collection of um like literary horror coming out at some point we are negotiating contract stuff okay so hopefully but again everything's very ephemeral it could be (laughs) it could disappear Yeah. (laughs) yeah cool so yeah I have those things that are done um, I have some essays coming out in a book called Let Grief Speak, oh, and wow. it is a craft book about writing grief stories. So, uh, oh, and that's being, that's uh, written by Diane Zinna. She's the author of The All Night Sun. I have a few essays in that. That'll be coming out with Columbia University Press, I'm going to say late 2023, maybe early 2024. Okay. Okay. And then on top of that, you're podcasting. I'm podcasting, podcasting almost every week. But So what is, what, what is it, what's your format like with Fox Vomitus? Like, tell us about it. So it is myself and my co-host, Allison Martine, and we take a humorous look behind the scenes of what goes horribly wrong during the writing process. So we uh, are lucky enough to talk to best-selling authors and we ask them about all of their mistakes. And yeah. some of our authors that we've had on multiple times, we're friends now. So like yeah. we grab the wine, we have some cocktails and, and we just, we chat and we, Allison and I read the book first. Uh, so, you know, we know what we're talking about and we know who yeah. we're talking to. And yeah, sometimes we theme up our costumes with oh, like something wow. for the book and, and the author's always like, oh my God, why are you dressed like that? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're video and audio and we go live and it's just been really fun and getting to talk to your idols and getting yeah. to talk to people who do what you do, but at a different level, yeah. like where you're like, you're who I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, when I think of funny, I have learned to not leave post-it notes or pieces of paper 
around for my partner to find because I have scared him so many times. As writers, I was just petrified of somebody like looking in my search history. Like, like the things I'm just like, how much poison can somebody take? Like, you know, like when you're like looking up things like, can a sharp tea cut, cup cut through like muscle lining? If it's like, no. <laughs> And it's just, yeah, yeah like yeah. weird stuff. And I, when I was writing Pretty Ugly, I did a lot of medical research and I was lucky enough that I have a friend who is a um, biochemist or something like that. So she is much smarter than I could ever be. And I was like, can you help me create a fake disease? Jeez. <laughs> like these are the symptoms. I need to know how it would transmit blah, blah, blah. Is it this? And yeah, yeah. Well, well, it was great talking with you, Jennifer. Anything you'd like to add, or and let me get your social media too. Yes. Well, the easiest place to find me is on my website, and that is jenniferangordon.com. And that is Anne with an E, like Anna Green Gables or Anne Rice. Uh, that has links to my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, which I'm barely ever on Twitter, but. If you like pictures of dogs, you'll like my Instagram. <laughs> and you can also find uh, my podcast, Box Vomitus Podcast, on Facebook or on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is Box Vomitus Podcast. I'll make sure there's a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Jennifer. Well, you have a good day. Happy writing. Hey, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A little bit more caffeine and then some writing. Yeah. Okay.